Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Penny Link Podcast with OBR Investing. This is a high-paced, exciting episode, and I know you're going to love it. This episode is brought to you by Penny's Going In Raw, Last Bottle Wine, and Help You Find Me. The stock market is hotter than ever right now, and traders are taking advantage. But what does that mean for the people who still haven't started trading? The market can be a little intimidating at first, but you don't have to be alone in the learning experience. We at the Pennies Going In Raw podcast are here to help you. I'm Dan, and with my co-host, Hugh Henney, we make the stock market a fun but informative experience for our listeners. We offer knowledge for all levels of traders, from beginners to those who do it full-time. On PGIR, we discuss up-to-date news about the stock market and interview other traders who all started out just like us and made it big. You'll hear from Hugh and other multi-millionaire traders, founders and CEOs of companies, Fintwit superstars, and even professional athletes. Have you ever thought about investing your hard-earned cash but don't know where to start? Do you have money just sitting in your savings account collecting dust? We were all there once, too. Listen to Penny's Going In Raw on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Ben and Logan. Welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast. Um, happy Happy Friday. We're recording this um, on the first Friday of February. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Doing fantastic. Thank you for having Thanks for having sure. us on point. Happy, happy to do it. Ellis, you're here. You don't sound too excited that I'm here, Blaine. Come on. <laughs> Ellis, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, oh well, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> no, this is exciting. Uh, I was messaging. I don't know which one you control the social media account, but actually two of my buddies are really big fans of you guys. That's so awesome. I told them I was interviewing you, and they're like, oh, dude, no way. And I was like, small world we live in. So. So tell me a little bit about your social media. Ellis has been telling me that it is huge it's clean um, it's really 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 nice t- tell me about it yeah yeah sure i mean uh logan you mind if i kind of oh, kick absolutely. this off it's all you awesome yeah i mean this is kind of like uh, our bread and butter when it comes to uh what we do in terms of operations so when we kind of describe it it's like 50 percent is our internals and that's our community and everything that goes on um and the other 50 percent is social media uh, so namely right now we are on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, YouTube, <laughs> like, uh, kind of really, really pushing on, on all those fronts. Um, and it's been really, really well. We, we really started off on TikTok around January of 2021. Um, and that's really what kicked off the rest. So TikTok has been sort of our, uh, alma mater, if you want to call it that, Um, and has evidently developed into sort of our best relationship. You know, we, we are, uh, endorsed by TikTok. We signed with them in August, which is, you know, pretty unique. Like I I don't want to toot our horn or anything, but I guess we're one of the first or even the first, uh, quote unquote discord groups or whatever they call them that, uh, kind of received that, that status. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been great. We are at about 300,000 plus cumulative followers across uh, array of our platforms. So yeah, we've been, been really well. I've been Instagram and TikTok have been really the ones that have been kicking it off for us. Facebook is up. Cool. And I don't, I don't know that much about TikTok. Just to be honest with you, I think it's cause I'm older. Like I'm a big Instagram, Instagram girl. So, um, Ooh, silly question. Did you go viral on TikTok? Is that how, how you get the followers or how, how does that work? 
Yeah. So, I mean, with TikTok, that's a very common theme, right? Like virality or kind of getting one hit out there is the formula that a lot of people sort of want to model off of or intend to benefit from. Um, and I can't say that we didn't benefit from that because I remember like in particular in March or something, um, we had one video that got like 2 million or 3 million views. And, you know, we only had like maybe a couple tens of thousands of followers and we were like, whoa, like that's, that's crazy. And that really kicked off things immediately. Um, but evidently, you know, if you're, if you're not consistent and provide quality content, your audience won't engage and they won't stay to, to see what you have to say. And, and that's really what it was about. Um, we're, you know, posting multiple times a day and really having uh, skipped a beat on that. So that's really what it's all about. Although virality does work. It, it is a very commonly used formula for that app. Is your content stock related content? Yeah. Yeah. So we do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We do it all kind of, but mainly stocks. Okay. Are you making calls throughout the day or yeah. are you just saying like, I mean, Hey, Logan Silver is one of the ones that's, that's, uh, that's dishing them out. Logan, if you wanted to, uh, talk about that stuff. Wait, before it begins, Logan, are you an options guy? I, I personally trade Forex options and crypto. Okay. I was going to say, you look like an options guy. You look like me. So that's why I uh, <laughs> didn't want to judge a book by its cover. Uh, and as far as like the social media stuff, what was the, uh, the video that made you go viral? Was it anything special or just the algorithm kind of picked it up and just put it on people's pages? You know, it really is never anything particularly special. One yeah. video that we had that went really viral was like a day in the life of a day trader in college, for example. And okay. that, that's kind of like the stuff that we want to gravitate towards is like, relatable things, you know, and, and that's really what's been working out lifestyle and kind of being able to relate with our audience on those fronts. Okay. Did you guys have a helicopter in the video? Like the other guy did, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. man. Oh man. Okay. No you know, that was rented. <laughs> uh, no, no. So playing, there was this guy on a uh, TikTok who like was like bragging about how much money he makes. And uh, it, it, people found out in the comments that he rented a helicopter just to flex Oh, and he was like, he's probably like 17. He's a pretty young guy, but I know they're in a community. So I thought it was funny if I brought it up. So no helicopters, right? <laughs> no, no, no helicopters okay. for us. Okay. I can trust you then. We're good. We passed that test. So we're ready to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did have this one kind of trademark video that went viral on our TikTok, which is um, our marketing guy, Griffin. He rubs his hands together in a certain way and points up at these blurbs of texts and those seem to do very, very well. I get a lot of people that come up to me, even random people on the street and have asked me if I'm part of OBR and they say they've seen the guy on TikTok rubbing his hands together. <laughs> I love it. So you guys have your own like uh, little unique uh, look. We're, uh, we're jingle. Exactly. You know? I don't want to call it jingle, but that's <laughs> awesome. Now, what does OBR stand for? Yeah. Is question. it like your initials or I, I know it's on your Instagram, but if you want to kind of give like a little backstory of how you started before we kind of dive into like the internals. I did a lot of research and I'm really excited, so. That's of course, it, of course, yeah. And uh, to any any Bostonians out there, uh, what's up? Shout out, shout out, Boston. But uh, that's I went to college in Boston. Where? Boston University. I'm at Northeastern. I love Boston. I love, so, I love it. Yeah, I, it's cold as shit, oh. but I like it. Right now it's snowing there, actually. So I'm I'm in Jersey right now. So I'm glad I'm not up there. <laughs> Cool, but cool. Yeah, that, that's where it comes I lived um, on Com Ave, right where BU is, right by Fenway. 
and I'm from Atlanta, so it was a bit of a culture shock, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean that's that is where it comes from, o outer Boston region OBR. It sounds very um, specific, and it's kind of something that just it stuck. Really, like we at one point in time, we actually like pulled our community, <laughs> like very a, a few months, like many months ago, and we were like, "Oh, should we change the name OBR?" And they're like, "No, don't change it." <laughs> and so we're like, we never ended up changing it, and and it actually fit very well too because you know me being from Boston and a few colleagues on the team also in the Boston area and going to Northeastern with me, um, it kind of helped us connect with the people in that area a little bit better. Um, you know, being able to attach a geographical name uh, allowed us to, you know, oh, there's people in like frats that are like in OBR that I had no clue about and like all <laughs> these different go. things, you know, and so it, it's pretty, it's a pretty uh, simple explanation, I guess. There, there isn't too much behind it, but yeah, shout out Boston. <laughs> cool. And frats. Cool. We like frats too. <laughs> yeah. Blair, Alice, do you like frat you boys? Uh, yes, I was. I am a frat boy. Don't don't get that look. I guess so. No, I guess so. My uh, my boyfriend in college was in a frat. My husband was in a frat, and his his frat brothers are like some of my favorite people. I think I'm a frat fan. I was not in the sorority, but okay. yeah. Now, how do you? So I guess like, what are like the you guys started like grassroots? Like, did you just? start at school so you and a couple of buddies got together you guys like trading and then just kind of hey let's make an instagram page and it's like hey because i saw you guys as graphics everything's really clean uh it, it's funny how you guys talk about how you have like an internal media team and i can tell because everything's very very consistent and almost calculated so i was curious like the, the grassroots because we're a podcast too so we do a lot of grassroots kind of uh more so blame trolling people on twitter you know calling out the haters <laughs> I'm getting trolled on Twitter, Ellis. Bro, we everyone on Twitter like a poor guy. Whoever's mean leaves a mean comment gets the wrath of people. <laughs> it's so funny. That guy was so mean. Ah, oh, who cares? Dude? He's just he's just hating because he's not. Yeah, winning. I mean that, That's exactly. I mean. If you're getting, uh, you you're getting haters, trolls? if you're doing something right. Do you guys get trolled uh, all the time? Oh yeah. I've never blocked anyone on Twitter or like I am have been on Instagram forever. I've never blocked anyone. And I didn't want to start, but like he was lying. <laughs> I, whew, it just happened today. So <laughs> how do you guys anyway, handle your I, trolls? Do you guys just like just ignore them? Oh man. What what is it? They hate us because they ain't us? Is that the Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys are winning, clearly. I mean you guys build a pretty large platform and following, so I think they're just I mean at the end of the day really like Especially for the social media, I say let them hate, boost the algo. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love you, it. You can say whatever you want. I mean, like I, I always try to think about it because it's like I being like you know I'm I'm only twenty and Logan and I are the same age and like being young and you guys are twenty. Yeah, yeah, we're we're. I feel old now, Blaine. Oh my. <laughs> so you know, it's I always want to comment back and like it, we in the beginning it was always such like a distaste for it and at this point we're so numb to it because that we have nothing that we need to prove to those types of people at the end of the day um if they want to hate let them hate uh just boost the algo yeah boost the algo. get my view count up <laughs> <laughs> i love it ben what are what are the medals behind you oh those are my medals from wrestling i used to be a wrestler in college in high school 
I was like in, in my whole life, actually, up until the age of like 18. That's where me and uh, Coach Dipka, we actually wrestled together in high school. So that was, that's a pretty funny coincidence. Cool. We Very love Dipka. Cool. We love yeah. Dipka. Yes, we Are do. Are you guys in Kane Capital too? Do you guys ever hang out in there? We met up with them uh, a few, two months ago. We hopped on their pod, uh, met their team. You know, we, we know Coach Dipka and a few of their crew and – uh, they're really cool people, awesome people, um, and hey, I, I, I have only good things to say about them. I love him. He's a good dude. But, yeah. Sorry, we got a little distracted, so just tell me about your beginning days, because I would say now you have a pretty good footprint in the social media space, especially with finance, and you guys are 20, so you know, you're the same age group as me, so you understand how the algorithms work, how to market it, so I was curious like, how you started when you had, like, let's say, five people, or just your buddies getting together. Yeah, sure, and I think uh, Logan, I definitely want to hear about these things from you because you just have a, a completely different perspective than than I think I do from kind of just how long the journey has been. And to really simplify it, uh, OBR investing uh, was at once a iMessage group chat with like three friends in it, and uh, we would just like wake up every morning, um, text each other, and talk every single day about what's going on in the markets. Uh, what we're paying attention to, um, and really all that was what was going on from I would say August of 2020 to let's say October, and that's when we launched the community. Um, you know, we had a bunch of people hitting us up, being like, "Oh, uh, can you add us to this iMessage group chat?" Uh, and at one point, we couldn't, so we had to open uh, Discord, um, and it was a friends and family server. Super simple, um, and we really didn't put, I would say, that much effort into it other than being in there, interacting, and talking. Um, but at some point, we were like, okay, we're spending 10 hours a day plus on this. I'm either wasting a lot of time or I need to go out on a whim and see what we can do. Um, and that's sort of what, what kind of came to be. So January is when uh, me, I, I kind of Got con I connected with a few people that were already like kind of helping me in the community and a bunch of people that I knew personally. Um, and so that's where we came up January to June. Uh, Logan, I think you we met up in what was it? What, when did we I think it was there? very early in the year, probably January or February. Yeah, something like that. And, and that's in the that was when I was in the process of kind of thinking, you know, me personally, prior to this, I was like the an analyst on the panel. And and my kind of like viewpoint was like, okay, um, I'm like pretty good at this, but I know there's people that are better than me at this and I want to be able to work with them uh, and manage them basically. And that's kind of the standpoint that I took. And so Logan was like one of the first few people that um, I got connected to. And I mean, we hit it right off the bat. Like we got connected after the first day. I think um, you hopped in the community, show us kind of what you got. And, you know, the rest has been history. Um, but social media, as far as that, we kicked that off January, February, um, and have been really on a consistent media schedule with our own creative director, shout out Brian, um, Woj, who is the one you might've been communicating with on Twitter, um, okay. who's our, our head of media. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really when things started to pick up between January to June. And that was what we call like our beta phase. Uh, and then June 1st, we launched and that's when we uh, started monetizing and all that. How large is your team? Because I know he was saying there's analyst roles, you have directors. Like, how many are there? I guess we'll call them the board of directors, right? We'll keep it, make it sound fancy. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I have uh, four other partners with me on the co-founding team. Uh, I have three people on our media team. We have a team of eight moderators and we have uh, four other analysts with two people from the co-founding team serving as analysts as well. So all in all, about 20 uh, full-time employee, employees on the team. Wow. And they're 20, Blaine. Come on. <laughs> it's we're, amazing. We're, I love most it. Of us. We're all 20, 20 to 25. Our, our oldest guy is, I think, Seb. He, we call him uh, the old guy. He's like 25. <laughs> oh, I'm the old guy now, Blaine. Look. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. I have uh, three people on my team who are 55, so put it in perspective. They've been trading for 15 years plus, each of them. So (laughs) Now, how did you guys meet? You guys, uh, so Ben and Logan, did you guys meet through social media? We met through a, um, actually a friend that I went to high school with. So it was one of the first analysts that Ben brought in uh, as a foreign exchange analyst, and he knew me because I helped him learn how to trade. So then he introduced me to Ben, and then obviously we kicked it off from there. Okay. Awesome. So what are the analyst roles? Is there like, is there certain things you guys specialize in? Do you do small caps, options? I mean, you said you did Forex too. Like that's a whole, that's Latin and Greek to me in the trading world. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we, the best part is we have analysts that do just about anything. So we have long-term investment specialist. His name's Clayton. Shout out to Clayton. Um, we have Aliknak, who is one of the co-founding team members as well. Uh, he's focused on mainly options, intraday stuff. We also have... Penny stocks analysts, we have analysts that really cover almost all areas of the markets. What's your favorite? Both of you, we have to pick. What's your bread and butter? If we pulled up the P&L, what would it say for options, right small now, caps? Right now, uh, I haven't swung anything since September. Uh, so I've literally <laughs> Same. Just trading. literally just day trading because swinging uh, is, it's not the environment for swings. I think and this is the thing too. It's like it, the market ever since 2022 kind of kicked off. It's like people's strategies took a bit of a turn. Like for me personally, I like swinging better, but it's just not working when the VIX is above 25. You know what I mean? Yeah. We wake and, up, it's 32 and you're like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Logan, do you have anything on that? Um, I was trading Forex for a much longer period of time. So for me, it would be Forex. Um, but options is definitely gaining popularity in my mind. Yeah, all the small cap people. Are, we got Blaine trading options. She went to short pumps, and now she's doing uh, large caps. She's doing well, too. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So how did you get into Forex, right? Because that's I think you're the first Forex person that's come on Penny Lane. Oh, that's – So I'm curious yeah. how you kind of got involved. Because, like, every time I see Forex, it's some dude on Instagram of Lambos trying to sell me <laughs> a $50,000 course. Yeah. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, I don't even know if you can do algebra. So, like, I'm curious <laughs> – you know, make a good example of the Forex community. So I was wondering how you got into it. Yeah. Where, where do you even trade Forex, right? I'm a noob to Forex. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot of different brokers. Um, yeah. But in, in regards to how I got started, and by the way, that stereotype, trust me, you are not the first person to say that. You're not the last person to say that. <laughs> Let's Almost go. everybody <laughs> says that. Um, it's just an unfortunate reality <laughs> that we do face. And it unfor- really, unfortunately, does put a bad image on the market in yep. general, just for people that are looking to get started, because there is a lot of scammers, unfortunately. Um, but I got started because my brother was studying for his his life insurance license, and in there he learned about options trading, and through that he learned about foreign exchange trading. And my brother is actually one of the Instagram guys. He's not flexing Lambos, I promise. Um, okay. But he got me into it when I was a sophomore in high school, and since then I've been trading forex. 
Okay. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of different brokers, though, for your second question. Um, the brokers that I've found a lot of reliability in, or obviously the, only the regulated ones, Interactive Brokers yeah, and yeah. Awanda, those are the two in North America, but there's a lot of other options as well. Okay. Are you now are you trading on like 50x leverage too? Like some of those, some of those forex guys? No. So a lot of regulated okay. brokers won't actually let you, won't let you do that at all. Um, really? Yeah, the highest okay. you can go for most brokerages is one to one hundred, and you have to have a special request to do that. Okay. So you got to call them and be like, "Hey, I know what I'm doing." So you can't just yeet hundred x your money into some trade. Right. But for any institutional level account, the most you're going to get for the most part is one to twenty five. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. That's what I need to get into. I had a buddy who started trading Forex. He's like, it's basically just technical analysis. It's nothing more than that. Support resistance, bull flag breakouts, pennants. Uh, except it's open 24-7. So it's similar to crypto. When I was trading crypto, when all these, uh, we'll call them shit coins, right? <laughs> like the curse on here we're going. Uh, me and my buddy were buying like dog shit Elon coin. Like just all these things. But I, was, I found myself up until like 5 o'clock in the morning. So how do you regulate like your, it seems like you guys are pretty busy. Do you guys have like a schedule when you trade? Like, is there certain hours? Is there prime time hours? Like I know for options, right? We have the nine to 11 here on the East coast, which is pretty good. And then we go ghost until power hour. So I was curious, you know, when it comes to Forex, if you guys have like a certain time you like to trade. Yeah. Well, that's, um, everybody actually jokes about it because I go to bed incredibly early to wake up for the London session, which is around 5 AM for in the Eastern standard time. So I'm waking up around then and starting my trading around 5.15, 5 o'clock. And I'm doing that until around 7 o'clock. And then I take a break to go to the gym before I then trade options at the open with the rest of the analysts. Only really trading Forex in the uh, market in open, though. So London session and New York session overlap. Is that because London controls the big Forex market? Yes. Yeah, sure that's where most players. of the move happens, okay. for sure. Yeah. That's like, well, I used to trade futures, so we'd wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and play European open. So you know so. all about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Lots of uh, lost sleep, we'll say. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot of great mornings, but also some really terrible mornings. I remember I, I shorted ES overnight, and I woke up, and I was like, nice. TD's going to call me today. I'm going to have to deposit a little bit more money. Uh, you oh. know, it's not a good morning. But do you guys have future analysts, like futures people who do, like, uh, let's say, corn futures or anything like that? Or not really? Not at the time. No. Yeah, yeah, no. Nobody, nobody's trading soybeans on a team just yet, but... Um, Dude, I'm, cow manure is going to the moon right now, boys. Ah, uh, cow manure. It's like, yeah, lean cow futures. That's a new wave. Are, are they <laughs> off, into uh, it? Are, are the people off lumber? Is that not the wave anymore? <laughs> lumber was so 2020, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I bought a Home Depot of all my lumber futures. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we, we've explored it, but we haven't gone to okay. it. So I have a question that we can actually cut out if you don't want to answer it. Um, are you guys making more money with your trading or with your company? Logan, you want to start off first and I can go? Yeah. Considering we are in completely yeah. different. Um, for the most part, all of the analysts, and I can't speak for all of them, obviously, but majority of them, if not all of them, are making more money from their trading than they are from the business. Cool. Yeah, as far as me too, I mean, the money is in the trading. The money is not right. in subscription business. Uh, that's that's what I always say to everybody because people will be, especially analysts will sometimes, you know, newer ones at least, will feel pressured to like want to put out trades or something like that. And I say like, that doesn't that doesn't do you any good, right? If you If the money is in the trading, focus on the trading. Don't focus on having to reel people in because you hit a 1,000% banger. Um, me, I think this month, let's see, 
September and August, I made more money than I should have. And I ha almost have not touched the market since to this, this week was the first time I've really touched the market since then. Um, but we right now in terms of subscription and things like that, we're doing pretty well. Um, but we also have so many people on the team. So, you know, everybody gets their own fair share. Um, but it's not more fair than what you can make off the market, in my opinion. That's respectable. It's it's so interesting. I've been going through some growing pains, I guess, with the podcast of just basically like Ellis and then my brother-in-law, Justin, co-host, and then our producer produces it. But the the bulk of the work I'm just doing myself and, um, it's ta it is, it's taxing. Like I have two little kids you just saw and it's taking, it's just taking like so much of my time. And I've really been struggling with this week. If I want to like spend money to get a marketing team or someone to sell ads or, or, you know, because the podcast right the second is not profitable. So I'm like, do I put more money in it to get a team to take some of the pressure off of me or like how to do that? And I'm almost 40. I should I should like have some experience in how to do this. But it it's such a hard thing to continue to like dump money into something that it's just like further investing. It, it's averaging down is what it is. Right. Um. But it's I I like this sort of business model that you guys have because obviously this feeds all of you in terms of like trading knowledge and like things like that. Like you get probably a lot more out of being on the team uh knowledge wise than you do maybe monetarily, which is is that is that fair? Oh yeah. I think that's I, definitely fair, yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree with that too. I mean, even being on the podcast myself, uh, being exposed to like a lot of I guess we'll say private groups. I mean, the knowledge I've gained just from helping out is worth ten x whatever dollar amount. Right. And that's right. what that's why you join a community, right? Because you say uh, so. I'm in Sapphire Trading. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Sapphire, but it's a melting pot, right? You get like trolls, scammers. DGen gamblers, and then you go to like an actually real one run paid community, and you actually get one on one help. You have other people who are actually really, really serious. You're just not going to have some guy that comes in there once every Friday typing in all caps going, Amazon to the moon, full port. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like, and I'm the only one that runs options room in Sapphire. So like, we get that a lot. And I tell people, Hey, like, let's not gamble on ER. And like, there's like thousands of messages. So I think. I just sent out an announcement in our discord yesterday about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, guys, don't put your whole account into Snapchat. And they're like, oh, dude, but it went 3,000%. You were wrong. I'm like, yeah, but it could have went to zero. Right, right. So, right. It was right. a coin flip. That's what we always say. It's literally a coin flip. Yeah. Irrational exuberance. When it comes to killer wine at drastically low prices, 30 to 70% off retail and free shipping. We live for that here at Last Bottle Wines. Whether you went long or short on GameStop, you'll need a glass of something terrifically tasty. And we've got the goods. Last Bottle is a daily wine site based in Napa, California. One wine every day at Black Swan event prices. Usually 30 to 70% off. Until poof, it's gone. 
Whether you're a pound-the-table type, think ultra-crisp, quaffable Sauvignon Blanc, or a dividend aristocrat, Burgundy, or Napa Cab, there simply is no better place to buy wine on the web. And they always have free shipping. Last Bottle has a deal just for Penny Lane listeners. Use promo code PENNY, that's P-E-N-N-Y, to save 10% off your next order with Last Bottle. The code is good for one order and one order only, and it expires March 11th, 2022. So head over to lastbottlewines.com today. That's lastbottlewines.com. How do you vet your analyst? Is there a vetting process? Because, you know, you join a, say you join a community, how do you know that people are legit, right? Because I know some paid rooms, like a couple I'm in, like they check my broker statements. Now, do you guys go that far or is it more word of mouth, uh, just kind of like checking their trade history, their performance over time? Uh, when we first started onboarding analysts, namely it was the two in the co-founding team, so Austin and Andy. Um, at the time, they were running like a pretty similar size community, um, and we got connected through our Nick, our head of media. And when he connected us, I was asking them, so like I straight up asked them, how much money do you make off trading? <laughs> and, and it's like, it, you know, it's a very, um, it's a very black or white answer. Like usually it's, um, I'm not making money right now, or I'm making good money, you know, and, and someone can say that pretty comfortably. Um, when they both said that they were making money, I was like, okay, so what are you making money on? <laughs> and, and how, and if you don't mind me asking, what was the return on, what was your ROI on it? Um, after we had those types of conversations, uh, that's usually what, what I was kind of asking for people. Um, right now, what we're doing, especially with kind of the amount of eyes that we have on us is that, you know, our analysts will be publishing like P and L's, uh, things like that. And we're actually kind of working on a system to be able to better this, especially if we start scaling and yeah. want to add people that maybe are, I'm not as close with, with Logan and that we can have these very transparent relationship. You know, we, we're trying to think of how to simplify these things, but I mean, Hey, it can be as, it can be as thorough really as looking through things like, you know, your statements and things like that. Um, Interesting. But, I, I only reason I ask cause you guys seem very organized. And I was just curious if there was like a vetting process, but for now it seems more word of mouth, but I mean, results speak, speak for themselves, right? Like we all have bad weeks. So, but if you're consistently hitting, uh, I like to call them rippers, right? I'm an options guy. So, you know, when you hit hundred percent ripper, I see you guys smiling. But you call a ripper, we That's call really them bangers. Good. Same thing. Bangers. All right. Well, bangers sounds, uh, it's not PG 13, you know, like, <laughs> it's like I had an absolute banger today on Mara. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. and Ooh, I traded that. Too, Alice. Uh, oh, Snapchat! I have a questionable amount of calls right now that are overnighting. <laughs> Dude, no. When you hear my theory on this, I think a fund got trapped in it. I think a fund shorted it on SSR yesterday, and they're just fully trapped, and now they're just just drilling into this fund. Um, I got a text today about some margin call at ten thirty today, and there was a margin call. If you look at Spy, and I think it's from Snapchat. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, so that's my uh, great hypothesis. Am I going to be wrong and get trolled on Twitter? Probably, but uh, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> so how many people do you have in your community? Right now, I'm looking at it on my other monitor. We have 36,076 members. Holy shit. Okay, that's, that's a pretty large community. Now, how do people? most people find it, right? Is it all through TikTok and Instagram, word of mouth? Like, we're like a couple buddies, like, hey, man, I've been following this guy, and he's pretty good. Like, you should join. I spoke that- to someone about that yesterday, actually. Um, so what we do every month, and we started this in September, so the data isn't, like, 
too vast, but we do these benchmark surveys at the end of every month and they kind of measure a bunch of KPIs that we have diluted. And one of the most important ones, what's KPI you got to translate for us. Uh, key performance indicator. You guys and, have that for a discord. <laughs> for, yeah, for, I know. I, I, I hope someone hears that and goes, wow, these guys are pretty legit. <laughs> and like, <laughs> um and, wow. and one thing that's really important right and this is obviously for for many businesses is and this is a very general kind of point but where are your where is your uh customers or clients coming from um what, what funnels are they going through to actually get to the community or to actually end up purchasing the subscription um okay. so over the last few months of data the overwhelming results are kind of bouncing between tiktok and instagram but okay. coming in third is referral. So what's really been on the rise oh, is people telling their friends or their family or something to, you know, hop on. When you join the server, you automatically are assigned a seven-day trial. Um, and, you know, that's sort of what's been in the uptick as of recent. Now, do you have, like, an affiliate program, too? Like, hey, like, if you refer, like, your best friend to join, do they get, like, a discount on their membership or anything like that? We don't. We don't have that yet. Um Okay. We're thinking about it. It's something that our payment processor has like opened up as like a feature in their thing. Um, okay. but we haven't gotten around to that yet. You hear all the indicators they have? This is a real now. Do you guys have like business meetings like throughout the day? Like, <laughs> oh, like, just you guys? <laughs> oh, dude, oh, is it like nine o'clock? You're out at the club with the boys, and you be like, oh, I gotta take this phone call. Like a real Wall Street guy, like in a suit, <laughs> like at Noto partying. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean, we we're pretty like. I hate, I don't want this to sound corny, but we're definitely very professional. Um, yeah, I, I can tell. That's why I'm trying to break it, uh, break that professional mold out of you guys. But you guys are too good. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm trying to crack you guys. <laughs> it's, it's funny because people always ask that. They're like, oh, you guys, so you guys like have like meetings and all this. I'm like, yeah. I mean, like every Sunday, everyone knows this roundtable meeting, 1.30 p.m. Every Sunday, everyone's there. No questions asked. Wednesdays, we have marketing meetings intraday. Uh, Tuesdays, we have our every, like every week, depending on the day, we'll have uh, board meetings with the executive team, uh, analyst team has their meetings on their own accord. Um, and then at the end of every month, we have our monthly outlook meeting where we kind of look at the month and see like what we've accomplished or we have, have not done, um, what's in buffer, what might need to be pushed, um, benchmarks that were hit. And then we go into the month ahead and kind of what we have planned. And those are honestly my favorite meetings. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, we have a pretty packed, uh, thing when it comes to meetings. Sometimes I feel like we talk more than we do, but we're definitely, okay. definitely very productive. And you guys are students too, right? Both of you? I'm personally not. You're full-time? I am. You're a savage. <laughs> Go get them, bro. 20 years old, living the life. Thank you, uh, Blaine and I were actually talking, uh, the other day, we have a bunch of buddies we know from FinTwit who are all 20 years old, just living the life. And, uh, it, it really is inspiring. So I've been full-time trading for six weeks now. I've made more money than I probably ever will uh, working a job. Uh, but unfortunately, I'm going back to work in a week because I'm, I'm a D-Gen. You know, I wake up at 4 a.m., trade pre-market, get all my work done, then trade the market, work during lunch. Like, I'm I'm very much like you guys. I, I don't sleep. So that's awesome. Good for you guys. Now, what motivates you to keep going? Uh, you both can say it. So even if it's trading or OBR or life in general, like when you go to bed at night where you guys have your outlook meetings, like what makes you happy? Like, what do you, what do you want to see from your people that join and, and yourself and just personal development in general? Well, that's a great question. And it's funny you say that because I actually just had somebody just now message me their P&L for the week. 
which is amazing. And that's one of the things that motivates me is the fact that there's not a lot of jobs that you have where you can go and you can see the impact that you have on people's lives. We have a chat in the Discord uh, called Success, and it's just people posting their wins. Um, we also have a suck less chat for people to post their losses. But, <laughs> I like that. Name. Yeah. Um, and it's, it feels really good. I cannot lie about when somebody hits a trade that you post and they make a bunch of money on it and they say how much it's going to change their lives. It does feel good. Um, and the team itself, they're inspiring to just work around everybody. They make every, I feel like everybody in the team inspires everybody else to be better and work harder. So that for me is the biggest motivator and trading. I love trading. Awesome. Uh, follow-up question on that. Do you remember the first time you ever gave someone a play and they banked big? Do you remember that feeling? I do remember the feeling. I don't remember the play, but I do remember the feeling. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I remember that happened to me my first time. I think it was like this, a year or two ago. And I remember someone messaged me like, hey, like, I can buy Christmas presents for like my son. And I just remember wow. sitting down like, hey, man, like I just messaged him back. I'm like, hey, I'm just 24 years old, like just giving out plays on Twitter. But I really appreciate it. I, I almost cried that night. I don't cry very often. But you saying that, that sends chills down my spine because that's that really yeah, the feeling. It's, it's great. It's 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 hard to explain. I mean, and that's what that's what motivates me, right? So, but I'll let you go on, Ben. What motivates I mean, you? I, I can't say anything's different than that. When in the early days of OBR, when I was dishing out plays to like ten people, uh, <laughs> it definitely yep. in the slums, right? <laughs> it definitely was a great <laughs> feeling. Um, but really, for me. Uh, just because I'm very back end and focused on management, I think the best thing is the fact that we're still here and we're all in one piece. And that makes me happy every single day because one thing that I forgot to kind of preface is like between the months of January to June, my whole shtick was like, okay, guys, uh, we have to work for free and we're going to develop our product and we're going to develop our service. And June 1st is our date. We have six months to make this great. Let's do it. <laughs> and, and, Somehow everyone believed me and was and was on board. Um, and the fact that they were able to do that and we got to June 1st and it was pretty slow in the first month. Um, but seeing everybody still, you know, everybody that is in January is uh, the same that you see today. Um, and just the fact that like I can awesome. look back on that and I can say like, you know, just from me kind of bringing everybody together, like people have developed relationships that will last forever like logan you and clayton are you know best buddies at this point um we met each other yeah. in miami when we were there in person you know and and then... we met 11 <laughs> we didn't end up there but business meeting business you know meeting. Saying with the boys <laughs> yeah but but no i think like that that's really the my my biggest uh kind of uh heartwarming effect it is i just love seeing kind of what this has become uh you know for for the better and the worse yeah. you know people people like are relying on this and and believe in it to to take it to the next level you know we we always say like now every year is going to be a new beginning um and and that's what that's like every single month we always have more to look at more to to go for and not only that but the people the people want to do it you know and that's that's the hardest part and awesome. you know excuse my french but for people to really give a shit about something, it's hard. Like it's, I, and I, I take it for granted yeah. because I got it right, I guess the first time around, but every time I bring it up to people, they're like, wow, man, like it's really interesting how you found so many people in such a short span of time that really give a shit about something as much as you do. Um, and I'm really, not don't discredit yourself though. 
I mean, what? I'm sure those first six months are probably not all sunshine no, and not. rainbows, right? First, you had to rally the troops during COVID when everyone's like, nah, dude, we're all going to die. Zombies are coming. I just bought a new AR-15. <laughs> like, I got my shelter out bag. I'm ready to it, – it's we over. definitely remember those but you're, yeah, You guys are sitting there like, no, like, let's do something. I mean, that's a big thing I learned, I guess, being in a fraternity, right? It's always being a part of bigger – something bigger than yourself, right? Yeah. So. Now, do you have any – you want to share any, uh, I guess – I want to say sob stories in the first six months, but maybe like some challenges you face. Cause maybe there's another 20 some year old out there who's starting a business. Uh, and you know, they don't really, they know where they want to go, but they don't know how to get there. So maybe you can share like a story of like trials and tribulations type. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, you couldn't have said it better. Um, the first six months were definitely not all <laughs> rainbows and sunshine. Um, and you know, especially <laughs> yep. during school too, like, I'm in a position right now where I'm pretty good because at Northeastern, uh, Blaine, if, if, do you know about the co-op program at Northeastern? Are you familiar with that? So there's this like program at Northeastern where you will go and you work six to eight months uh, at a company full time instead of classes. And my alternative is I joined this program where the school is like funding me and letting me work on OBR for the next six to eight months. Um, but when I did have school, oh, nice. it was not like it, it was difficult. I, you know, I, I don't want to like have a pity party or, or anything like that, but it's, it's not fun when it was in school. I mean, from the months of January to June, I was actually crashing on my friend's couch in Boston. Um, and I was just like cracked up, cracked out all night, just like on the discord and, and all this <laughs> stuff. And my friends were like, dude, like, what are you doing? Like, and, and I'm, I'm like, I'm bumming on their couch from like a few months. Cause I didn't have my apartment in Boston. Um, and that's kind of just like how it was. Like I'd wake up on the couch, kind of like just do my thing, interact. And after like 5 PM, when I would check out of my, I worked at a VC the semester prior. So this is what I would do. Like when I was done with work for that day, like, and it was remote. So I could like, you know, mess around throughout the day on the discord and they wouldn't do this, but yeah, and you were an intern yeah. probably, right? So I didn't have that. Too many exactly. responsibilities, but I'm sure VC uh, – I, I worked in IB, so I'm very, very familiar with uh, how things go, yeah. especially as an intern. It's like you have nothing for two weeks, and it's like, hey, can you stay till 3 a.m.? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm working on something else, but I don't know how to tell you I'm working on something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like the, the first six months was just filled with uh, no sleep, um, figuring out who was here for the long run and who wasn't. Um, and every single day there were every single day. And even to this day, there's always fires to be put out or obstacles to have to take on. Um, and it's a matter of, of how efficiently we do them. Um, and you know, we've gotten more efficient over time, but we still got some more to go. <laughs> awesome. You, this reminds me so much of my friend, Al Hill, who we've had on the podcast, who during SPAC was working in investment banking in New York and he and his friend decided to create a SPAC, which they created and IPO'd like faster than any SPAC has ever IPO'd. I mean, like it, it's incredibly impressive in their early twenties and they just graduated from college and were at their first jobs. COVID hit, they're creating the SPAC. The co-founder slept under his desk at his job, like he'd be working until 11 o'clock at night at his job. And then he'd work on the SPAC all the way to like 4 a.m., take a two hour nap. And then everyone thought he was the first person there in the morning. But like that kind of like dedication. And then I think the pressure that COVID put on all of that of like, 
maybe I don't want to work this regular job for the rest of my life. So let me just work as hard as I can right now to build something for myself. Feels like such a um, nice thing to come out of COVID versus all the wreckage and all the terrible things. But I found his story so inspiring. He played college tennis, which is why I was asking about your medals. And they would, the guy that was sleeping under his desk, I got that wrong. Like he'd, he'd stay up until four, go to sleep, sleep until six, get up, go to the gym for an hour, and then continue working. So he sacrificed his sleep so that he could go to the gym because it was like that important to him. And the, I just, they're impressive. This is impressive. The amount of amount of work that you've put into building this is super. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, impressive. funny story. One time, I vividly remember this. Uh, my buddy sent me to his room because he was like, don't sleep. He was like, don't sleep on the couch. Like, you need a bed. So he sent me to his room and made me sleep in his bed for like a few hours because he saw me and saw I wasn't doing too well. But yeah, the sleep sacrifice definitely, I think, will always be a factor. And and if you want to make things work out and you have a tight schedule, uh, it sounds unhealthy and I'm sure it is, but sometimes you don't have Ah, you're 20, dude. I don't, <laughs> you don't need to sleep. Sleep's when you're like 40 and stuff like that, maybe 50. Did, was there ever a moment Ageism, where- Ageism, Ellis. What? You're. This is ageism. No, it's not. <laughs> you're forty. You Might get canceled. You know that was my biggest fear. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kidding. Was there ever a moment where like you didn't believe, or was there ever a moment where like you thought like this is all gonna come crashing down? And can you describe kind of like your uh, your feelings at that time or anything like that? Because there's been many times, even trading, right? It doesn't have to be OBR related. But was there ever a time where you're just like, I don't know if this is for me. And how did you kind of tackle those emotions? Because I think emotions are a big part, especially in the finance world, whether you're at VC, IB, trading, options, and penny stocks, I think it's it's all emotions. Or Forex. Is there any time where, I mean, Logan, you've been doing this since you were a sophomore, so I'm sure you have some stories of where you're just like, hey, man, like, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, I actually do have a story relating to that. Um, so it was when I was getting out of high school, I was looking at either joining the Air Force because I wasn't happy with my trading results and I figured it would give me time to work on my trading and gather uh, income while learning other skills. And I was so close to signing the papers, but the four days before I was supposed to sign the papers, I got a job offer from a proprietary trading firm for Forex. And I was like, this is a sign. Thank you. And I took the job and then I never joined the Air Force, obviously. And that was um, having that happen did help me a lot. Um, and then in any other times where I was questioning. I never thought that it wouldn't work out, but there was obviously times when things were more difficult. So I just told myself that I'm either going to literally die trying or I'm going to see this through. And that always got me. Through. Ooh, the Will, the Will Smith quote. Did Will Smith say that? Will Smith, it's my favorite one. I actually was talking to Hugh Henny about it the other day, Ellis, but um, Will Smith said, I'm paraphrasing, but if you and I get on the treadmill at the same time, either you're going to get off first or I'm going to die. Like, and then he finishes up and he's like, I will not. I'm going to think about that when I'm looking at the person I, next to me at the gym in a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that. Just like you can't, there's so many things you can't control how smart you are, how rich you are, all of those right. things. The only thing you can control is like your attitude and how much you're willing to work for what you right. want. You just have to yeah. want it enough. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
My grandfather always said that to me. He said, uh, wake up every morning with a smile on your face. You'd be amazed at how far you can go. That's what he Definitely agree with that. He's like, if he's like, so many people in the world just wake up miserable. Like, no one wants to work with someone that's miserable. Like, even when I'm having a worse day, like, say I lose, like, a, a boatload of money. I'm still chilling. Like, whatever. I got, you know, I got animal crackers in my pantry. You know, <laughs> I'm good to go. <laughs> now, would, I have a question about that proprietary trading uh, firm. Now, was that almost, did that give you the, the confirmation? Like, hey, someone believes in me, so... Absolutely. Absolutely. It gave me a yeah. lot of faith because I realized, you know, this is not just um, a side hobby now. This is a skill that I can monetize and take to other people and provide value to them as well as myself. So it was a huge boost in, in my confidence, but also it showed me that this was really starting to work. I and mean, it was it was like a sign from the universe in my mind that this was yep, what I yep. it was finally starting to show its uh, its fruits. Now, if your brother didn't do it before you and you told your mom that you got that job, how would she react to that? Well, my brother actually didn't sign with a prop firm and um, okay. my dad, my mom never was never really part of it, but my dad was always questioning it because he didn't know how legit it was. And even my brother yep. was like, yeah, bro, I'm going to believe you when I see you get a paycheck. And I remember vividly because I got my first paycheck for them and I slammed it on his desk and I walked out. <laughs> but hey, dad, look at this. <laughs> gotcha. That's funny. I actually had the same experience uh, on the holidays. My mom, you know, she was asking me like, oh, like, you know, we were trading and all that. Like, let me see the numbers. And I showed her the numbers. She's like, this is what you're doing? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, holy shit, keep it up, kiddo. And I'm like, all right, you know, two years of saying I'm gambling. And now here we are. It's like, hey, can you do that for me now? Sometimes the parents uh, don't believe in the magic internet money until they see it. Yeah, <laughs> the magic sure, internet sure. printer. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. There, now, what about you, you Ben? Should, you should change your, your resume to unemployed internet degenerate. That's what I'm going to put <laughs> now our resume is good i actually uh in college i used to do uh resume interview uh skills that was always like a, a big thing for me is i really enjoyed like i love when like a 19 year old kid came to me as like hey i want to work at like a like a big firm or do something like that and i used to like coach him on that the school paid me uh that's always that's why i like what you guys do too because uh, one of the biggest things that's really important to me is kind of helping like young men and women out you know like because i didn't like i'm the second person in my family to graduate high school like i you know, so I think it's important to kind of give back because you never know. There could be some kid out there who wants it so bad. And as long as you give him an outlet, he's going to explode. And uh, that's something that I take really personal. I don't know if I ever shared that to blame before, but now that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Ben, what was the time you thought you were going to give up? Man, I mean, uh, I got to I got to stay as the, the spearheaded uh, CEO here. But no, no, I'm, I'm joking. But <laughs> OK, I mean. You can lie to me. It's fine. No one will know. I can't say that I didn't have any times where I was just like, damn, am I really going to like fail like 15 people, you know? And, and that's like, it again, yeah. I don't want to make it sound like a pity party, but the fact that, you know, come June 1st, that was like, and Blaine, to go back to your last point, like there was a pressure that was on with that. Like everybody knew June 1st, this is the date. Everything's got to be set up. Website, payment processor, the whole server needs to be designed, security, this, this, and that. Um, and that was what put on the pressure. And at that point in time, it was like, okay, either we flop um, and, you know, we all go home and we go back to the drawing board or we see what happens. Um, and I was kind of counting on that. <laughs> I was kind of like really counting on it working <laughs> out because like I didn't want to disappoint a bunch of people. Um, and the first month, it was not good, to be honest. I'm, you know, to... Logan's <laughs> laughing. Uh oh. <laughs> well, I was actually just about to bring up the, the first month because the first month we met that deadline, 
but it seemed like we rushed it just a tiny bit. So Ben, can you yeah, no, no. I mean, I agree with you. It's like we were always thinking about it. We we're like, when is it right? Like, when have we gone under the the fullest amount of development on product and service front that we can to the point where we're you know we're ready? And and the the thing I always hear is like, you never actually know when you're ready. Like, you just you know you have to do totally. it. And and I think that uh, pushed us, you know, and, and to go on to, to what I was saying before, like the first month was rough, you know, you know, everybody was expecting, okay, you know, major launch. We had like, uh, we had a, a big thing with like our media team. We created like a really cool launch video that was like, had really good production to it. Had no helicopters or private jets in it, Ellis, I can tell you that. Um, cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that was then, my next question. <laughs> um, and then when we did that, it and it wasn't like fireworks directly after um it was kind of like difficult you know because it's like okay well um you know we still got july and august to go uh we still got those two months in the summer yep. but if those don't work out will will my guys stick with me uh moving forward um and thankfully so uh at the end of june july and august it really boomed um and it had a lot to do also with social media so just generally speaking we were getting so much more traction and it came at just the right time like you know when morale was almost at its lowest i could say and people were kind of questioning like where we were going to take this um like you know could we go another three months with working on this full time with no pay or four months um and yeah that was a very difficult time i can say that for sure like the month of june was very hard um and then i could say like there wasn't anything harder than that maybe like Moving forward, September was like a transitory month because a lot of people, including our staff, were going to school after this, you know, huge summer tirade that we just had. Um, but overall, like after that, we've just been pedal to the metal and honestly have not skipped a beat. That that was really our, our the only time I can really recall like sitting down and being like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because you probably had dreams for like six months of Lambos and helicopters, right? Like, this is going to work out. Like, our members are going to make millions. We're going to make millions, you know? It's always that anticipation. I mean, I, I know when I first started trading, I like, I'm, I'm, I go to bed at night. I'm like, oh, man, dude, like, this is, this is going to be it, right? And it never works out that way. But, no, I appreciate your honesty. And something I've really observed uh, when you speak is you always talk about your team. And I think that's what makes you unique from a lot of people is you actually care about your team. Uh, I feel like, you know, you see some, some young guy, you know, managing a bunch of people, you know, they're just in it for the money, but you, you keep bringing up your team over and over and over again and how much they really mean to you. Uh, so I just want to point that out as an observation and Thank I really like that. And I just want to quickly say Ben and like the entire success of OBR really came from the team that Ben built. And okay. it was nice to see that the company culture that is now formed really started from the top. Ben and the rest of the admin team really, I think, put in the right leadership in place at the right times to bring us to what we are today. Everybody's very motivated. And Blaine, going back to your point earlier about your thought about hiring a team, there's no doubt that we would not be where we are today if we didn't have everybody in our team. Every It was a really big culmination of all of everybody's efforts that really helped us to get where we are today and where we're going. It wouldn't be the same without everybody. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah you, you can't you can't attribute it to one person. You know, that, that that's something that, that goes especially – for, you know, small things. And I don't know if we're that big, but bigger things, you know, and, and that's all that I can attribute it to. Like, and that, that's the reason why I started it is because I knew I couldn't do this alone. Definitely not. Um, and I needed the right people to do so. And they're only going to stick around if you treat them right. That's, you know, that, that's, it sounds, yeah. uh, kind of cliche, but 
it's really that simple. You know, I, I just wanted to make sure that they were taken care of um, and that they were being treated right and that we all had respect for each other. That's, that's, I think is incredibly, that that's what holds everything together and keeps us from killing each other is that we all have a lot of respect <laughs> for each other. You know, it's like, Especially a bunch of young twenty-year-olds, man! All those hormones right? running through it's your body, like all that testosterone <laughs> is just like running through everything. Yeah, and trading. Oh man, trading gives people some crazy <laughs> egos sometimes too. It's like, oh, I made twenty-five k, dude. What'd you do? I'm like, yo, chill, bro. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think that's that's really um, the what the most important thing. Like, I, again, the the team is is OBR. Without the team, there is no OBR. Uh, if the team were to get up and leave, which they could have done at any point. Um, there would be no OBR and you know that that's the reason that we are what we are today cool now what Very would be cool. advice you would give the Blaine about building a team if she wanted to go that route like what are some like keys we'll put Blaine on the spot but what are some keys that you learned from you know your building and your success that you would give to someone who is just starting that journey definitely um be okay with hiring the wrong people sometimes <laughs> i think like <laughs> like sometimes you might get really good first impressions off people and you think they're amazing and all this stuff but then you get to a certain situations and it's like oh we aren't as similar as i thought we were you know professionally that is um and and that's something that yeah. i guess it, i always kind of kept in mind like especially now like looking back on it out of the whole team like not everyone, but 90% of the team that was in January is here. And then like 10% are the ones that, you know, either were not for us or, you know, did, just didn't have that, that passion, the drive. Like there's people, and this is the other part of what makes me so grateful for the team is that like, uh, what, they're so uh, happy to just even get in a, in an intro call and, and get to talk to you about it. And you can almost like, feel the passion oozing through the screen through the zoom screen <laughs> you know and and yeah and that's like yeah, yeah. uh really what it is like i i think that's i would rather hire somebody who's so incredibly passionate has you know maybe moderate skills but i would rather hire him and grow him than uh hire some guy who is you know top tier but really couldn't give a shit about me telling him what what needs to be done and, and how to do it you know and that's that's something uh that I would keep in mind is be, be okay with, uh, you know, filtering out some people along the way. Cause you're never going to be a, a hundred, you're not going to, you're not going to have a hundred percent win rate. Right. Isn't that, isn't that what they say? <laughs> you're not yep. going to have a hundred percent win rate. Um, but definitely I think, I think passion is the most important thing. And if, if you have a good, uh, passion barometer then uh, you'll have a, you'll have a good feeling when you see it, I think. Cool. She's an artist. She has, she has a passion barometer. Come on. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Isn't art and passion kind of one and the same, right? I think yeah. so. I can't yeah. draw, so I don't know. <laughs> now, uh, question for you guys moving forward. Do you ever think of, this is just me spitball off the top of my head, do you ever think of maybe starting like a consulting services service? I was thinking about, you know, it's, it's really funny. I was thinking about um, one thing in the future, and I think that uh, obviously this stems a lot. Maybe five, ten years down the road. Yeah, but just I mean, in general. I, I think this is the big theme, online communities. I think a lot of big, yep. um, I, not not necessarily huge, but a lot of big corporations, a lot of big companies are falling back now onto online communities, like we said, to this more grassroots type of connection to their customer base. Um, yep. And <clears throat> that's something that I think a lot of people are going about the wrong way um, or, or don't know how to do at all. Um, that's something that I've kind of just been 
rumbling in my head, you know, if, if these types of things get much bigger, which I do think they will, uh, companies will need to uh, step their game up in the online community space. Yeah. Imagine like uh, McDonald's had a discord and we'd be like, yo man, them chi- we're Burger King. It's like, Hey, can you bring those chicken fingers back? Like, yeah. come on, what are you doing? Why not? Like, they, should, they could <laughs> drop a poll in there and that's how they'll get real feedback. Exactly. And if people are active too, you know, they're loyal customers, right? You kind of, you get the best of both worlds. I mean, it's literally a direct pulse check on your product and your company and how people view it. I mean, I know, uh, I know hedge funds track social media. So I wonder if like big corporations track social media sentiment. Yeah. You know? It's one of those thoughts. Well, if you make millions off that idea, just spend money. Yeah. I'll be sure. I'll be sure to, <laughs> to hit you up, Alice. <laughs> word, word, word. Hey, hey, hey. You know, I'm a consultant myself. You know, <laughs> says it on my resume. I just wrote it. <laughs> now, as far as uh, OBR, like in the next five, ten years, and, and yourselves, uh, where do you see the team? Where do you see your, yourselves individually? I mean, Logan, you have a pretty uh, superstar resume. Ben, you're you're an, you're very well spoken. You don't even have a Boston accent. I'm a little disappointed. I know you're from North Jersey, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, where do you guys see yourselves? I mean, you're you're guys. I would consider you guys probably titans of the game right now. You've built your social media presence is incredible. I mean, it's. I know Blaine loves uh, like aesthetically pleasing. Uh, oh, totally. Have you checked out their, their Instagram or anything or TikTok? Or it's no, but it's the first thing I'm going to do after this. You know the, she never researched. I always research. Like I said, I was talking to I my two like buddies. I like to research. Today. I like to go in fresh <laughs> so I can just ask because our audience hasn't researched. That's true. That's true. Right? So I don't know. It's I feel pretty strongly about it. I like to just jump right in. All in, in or all out, yeah. right? That's how trading works. Right. But I appreciate you for researching. Yeah, well, I, I got really excited. I, I talked to my two buddies, and they're like, yo, OBR? Like, you know those guys? I'm like, no, they know me, dude. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sayo, where do you guys see yourselves? I mean, what are you excited for in the future? Uh, you know, what's your take on the market right now? Like, is, uh, is Spy going to 400 on Monday? Uh, you know, hit me with some some knowledge. You want to kick this off, Logan? Sure. Yeah, let's start with knowledge first on the market. Like... So how's London doing today? Like, what are we seeing? Because I saw that the yen was a little goofy today. Russia might might invade this weekend. Well, I actually took today off because today was NFP news uh, release. And on NFP news release, I'm usually not trading just because of volatility in the foreign okay. exchange market. Too much risk. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I was taken off today, but absolutely could have moved. Um, we can go into SPY if you'd like to. Yeah, hit me. Hit me. Never, ever share your passwords to your crypto wallets. You already know this. But what happens if something were to happen to you, an emergency or worse? How can you securely share this information as well as other critically important info safely with the people you trust the most when you're unable to personally share it? The answer is Help You Find Me. It's an end-to-end encrypted data sharing service specifically designed to only share data in emergency situations. You share your information with the people you trust the most and set rules on how and when they can access this information. Since it's end-to-end encrypted, nobody, not even help you find me, can access this information except you and the people you specifically share it with. In an emergency, your loved ones will be under enough stress. Don't add to their burden by making it difficult for them to help you by not having access to critical information. Try Help You Find Me for free by going to help you find me slash PL Blaine. Cool. Yeah. So for SPY, I mean, are we going to see 400 on Monday? Probably not. 
Um, but we okay. are anticipating some kind of move lower right now, just because we did have, as you know, a very impulsive start to the week, pretty much the entire week, really. Um, so we are in a weird time right now, in my opinion. We need to see what kind of correction we're in. But I'm looking at very important levels right now between 458. If we break that high at 458 we made yesterday, I do really think we're going to continue higher. I think we will yep. see some kind of V-shaped recovery. But then again, if we break this low, if we make a lower low around 443.85, I do think we are going to see a push to the downside. Um, me and Austin, uh, Aliknak is his uh, server name. We utilize the Elliott Wave framework in most of our analysis. You guys are Elliott Wave guys? Yeah, big Elliott Wave guys. Let's fucking go. That's sick. Love it. Awesome. Um, Alice, we were on a podcast last night where we weren't feeling the Elliott Wave. I don't like Elliott Wave, but when someone knows about Elliott Wave, I will pick their brains all day. I, I, I want to know why you guys don't like it. Oh, I don't have an opinion okay. on it. Oh, I just know nothing about it. So if I don't know anything right. about it, I'm from Philly, so we got to trash it. Right? I'm, yeah, I'm from right outside of Philly, here. by the way. <laughs> oh, let's go. You Really? <laughs> yeah. What, are you allowed to say? like what? Are you from, so you're from Cherry Hill? Very, very close to Cherry Hill, yeah. Let's go. I was I just dropped my girlfriend off at the Orange Theory there a couple of uh, two nights. Oh ago. no way. That's that's actually really yeah. fun. I go to Wegmans there to go grocery shopping, but everyone drives Teslas and Beamers and I pull up in like my beat up Philly car and <laughs> everyone looks at me weird. I don't have any Louis Vuitton on, so they judge no, me. Like, oh. Especially in Cherry Hill. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um but why I was bringing up LA Wave is because um according to the LA Wave principle, we did identify a five wave move to the downside. But okay. there's a chance that that becomes invalidated. Like I said, if we do break that high at 458.30, just about. So in between this consolidation level, I'm not really looking to play anything. I want to see where the market is trending, and I kind of want to just ride that trend. Because right now, it's a more awkward part of the correction that we've been in the last couple of days, for sure. Interesting. No, I 100% agree with your thesis. I have 460. We go to the moon and make all-time highs, and 440 is doomsday. <laughs> I keep it real simple when it comes to my trading. Uh, I Obviously, I have like my daily levels, but that's kind of how I view it. We're just an awkward chop. Like Today was a low-volume short squeeze, right? That's all it was today. Now, I have the uh, – so what's the AUD J JPN? They said they're pricing in a 50% probability Russia will make a move lower uh, – make a move over the weekend. JPN? Uh, you know what that means? Yeah, he's. What is that? Is that the Japanese? The, J yen? the Japanese yen would be JPY. So I'm oh, okay. thinking it's a typo. Could be wrong. Okay, it's definitely JPY. Okay. <laughs> yeah, ADJPY is the cross pair between the Australian dollar and the Japanese yen. Interesting. Now, can you look at forex and kind of see what's going to happen in like the global like macroeconomic or political environment? That's a really good question. Um, I personally. Okay. I have a very weird stance when it comes to fundamentals, and I talk about this quite okay. a bit, and I, I do say I will die on this hill. I do truly believe that the technicals, to some degree, lead fundamentals outside okay. of large earnings events like we saw on Snapchat and, uh, obviously, Google. But I am a very heavy technical-leaning trader. I pretty much only okay. listen to the technicals. Logan, we said short the lira, Nothing wrong right? with that. Then the, isn't that what we say? Turkey's collapsing, so short the lira. <laughs> I actually yeah, have that, yeah, that was mooning last time we last talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy about Turkey is that they were their inflation so bad that they rather you put their their money into the uh Turkey stock exchange, but then they kind of realized what was going on, so they tanked the stock exchange and people were just losing money left and right. Right. Well their interest rates were so high there to counteract their um monetary value that yeah. obviously decreasing incredibly fast. So it, it's just a very weird economic environment that they're in right now 
Yeah, the president loves inflation. He everything he's doing, he like claims on media that like, oh, let's help inflation. But like, we're all sitting here in the U.S. Like, nah, I don't know about that yeah, one. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's why it's considered awesome. one of the emerging markets and not one of the uh, the major groups yet. Well, they had a chance to become better, but they did. Yeah, they blew it. It's okay. That's awesome. So you think we're more in like a chop environment right now? For spy, at least, yeah, I do think so right now. Um, again, just looking at those two levels to really decide where we're going, I don't think there's enough price action to really gauge a, a true market sentiment right now. So you're a patient guy, right? So you're just going to sit and wait and see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there any days where you just don't see any setups and you just go play Xbox? Well, or <laughs> I don't personally play Xbox, but absolutely. And we talk about that a lot. And uh, I think not trading is a active trading decision because some days it's not the days to take a trade. And we definitely don't want to force any trades because that's when you lose. And we're not in the business of having anybody in our discord or any of our analysts force a trade and lose money. Probably the first guys that have said that. And I actually believe you. Because <laughs> a lot of people are like, oh, like I didn't trade today. I'm like, no, no, no. You learned it's buy YOLOs. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be um, so, it's, it's funny you bring that up because that was something that um, I was discussing with the analysts when we first started putting out more alerts is because a lot of the analysts, like Ben said, feel the pressure to alert trades because that's what people are paying for, right? They're paying for mm -hmm, the right. alerts to some extent. Um, but then like Ben also mentioned, it was a process of working out of that and just being like, okay, if we're doing that, that's actually providing a disservice to everybody in the community as, as well as ourselves. It's best to wait, wait for our strategy to play out, follow our rules correctly so we can take the highest probability trade rather than force anything. And I just really don't like taking lower probability trades and having people lose money. Well said. That's respectable. I feel that pressure too, especially uh, like on our Sapphire and, our, and Sapphire. People are like, oh, like why aren't you posting alerts? I'm like, I'm only gonna post stuff that's like I know from history is ninety percent, right? Like we're either gonna bank big or we're just gonna cut it for a loser. Everyone's like, oh, why aren't you posting like, your day trade scalps? Because I don't want someone to see it twenty minutes later when we're already gone and on to the next one, and they and they get they get they get screwed. Right. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Ben? What's your trading strategy? Like, you know, what do you think of the market right now? Did you make any trades today? You said it was your first day first back, right? Back, first week yes. back. Wow. Oh. Okay. So we obviously tripled the account, oh, right? Yeah. Clearly oh, yeah. Monday morning, right? Yeah. yeah we're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we went all in Snapchat, yeah, right? All in uh, Facebook Facebook. puts. Yeah. Oh, all in Facebook Google. puts. Google, dude. I knew they were gonna split it. Yeah. <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> nah, no. I think like. For me, um, it's been pretty simple. Um, I told Logan this actually a few days ago. Like I've simplified it down to news and volume. That's all I need. News, volume, and, and fundamental market context. So what I mean by that is right now, the VIX has been trading above 20 since the year started. So I'm not swinging anything. That's like a rule that I have. Um, yep. One thing that I'm looking for, and this is, again, this is all so simple, but news and volume, Piton uh was a great uh actually a great stock to short this month based on news and volume they had a bunch of volume come in and they had a bunch of bad news come in why not and i bought puts you know it's a it's a it's a pretty simple thing uh what else um uh, i love i love this dgen name dwack uh trump stock oh dwack yes. everyone loves dwack that's going to, i think that's gonna be the next I, amc i i actually i literally vibes. added i added logan i go if anyone is feeling dangerous, I am looking at DWAC right now. <laughs> and he goes, that made me LOL. But, and that's because uh, they had um, – Trump had a rally last Saturday. I picked up calls that Friday because on their last rally, DWAC shot up 25%. 
The IV was pretty low. Yep. There was a, a good amount of open interest. I said, okay, I picked up a swing. I think this week uh, they I, they went up 10% on Monday, another 15% on Tuesday. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yep. that was something I played. And SoFi, another news and volume uh, play right there. But that's literally all it's been. News, volume, and being in and out uh, on the same day or swinging with good time because I don't like to get crushed. <laughs> respectable yeah see i don't i don't have that patience i used to but not anymore now uh i think two days ago me and my buddies were on voice chat like trying to scalp spy and it moved uh 20 cents uh for like three hours so we realized that yeah i just gotta wait till the end of the day nowadays i but, think that was yesterday oh yeah that was yesterday on yeah. my red me, day me you had a red day yesterday Mm-hmm. Same. I got caught in, my, in the first pump and dump in like two years. I don't like, I like yeah, to trade spy in the just... dartboard market when everything is green. <laughs> you just rip a spy call. <laughs> Not when VIX is teetering sure, and I'm looking sure. at spy. Oh, uh, we opened at 450 today, closed at uh, 441. <laughs> yeah. We're literally, it's skipping penny stocks. Uh, one of my buddies today messaged me. He was like, yo, Spy's going to go to 500 today. We're just going to teleport right there and create a huge gap. And I was like, I, you know, I could see it. I could see it <laughs> I in this market. I also I heard out today, equity market is acting kind of crypto-y right now. <laughs> yes, very. It's, 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 it's almost kind of scary, right? Because, you know, I, I have a finance background. I went to school for finance. I've worked in finance well, my whole professional life. And uh, talking to some old coworkers and stuff, I'm like, dude, do you see what they're doing right now he's like this is not normal he's like this is either going to be doomsday or this is going to end and everything's going to go back to normal I'm like i i'm starting to lean more to towards the uh doomsday hypothesis uh i mean snapchat up 60 percent after hours that was crazy on, on what crazy. google literally falling from the heavens like off of what like it just doesn't Even today well apparently this was the well first month me. that snap turned uh, uh any profit is that what it is? That's, that's what I was Even today with Amazon. Remember Snapchat was at eighty? Yeah, Amazon. I thought Amazon was going to go sub three thousand today for some reason. I just kind of had that feeling. But again, like Snapchat, I'm watching after hours, and it just broke like yesterday's highs. Like it's not like it looks a lot bigger than it really is. But then you you look at the chart, and it's like okay, this is down fifty percent in like two weeks. It's not healthy. I don't think it's healthy. So Ellis, I'm curious. Um, and Blaine, what kind of trading do you guys do? Is it more discretionary or more mechanical? Uh, define discretionary and define mechanical. I'm a, I'm a technical trader. Or if um, unless I know like news is going to come out by reading like dark pool stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, penny stocks too. I'll swing for catalyst, but I would say more technical. Like I don't trade the first hour of every day. I'm much more of a dip time, like a dip lunch buyer, right on a trend day. That's kind of where I make most of my money. Yeah. When I, when I say discretionary, I mean more of like naked trading, like support and resistance levels. And then when I say mechanical, I mean more indicator-based. I would say I use one indicator. It's called VWAP. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just use VWAP and the ADMA. Uh, ADMA is almost like my trend system, right? So if it's above, it's bullish on the 10-minute chart, below bear. I use the ADMA as well. Yeah, that's as complicated as I go. I, I used to use like 8, 21, 55, like all, all these time frames. And I realized that the more in, the less indicators I have, the more profitable I've been. Uh, because I feel like people rely on their indicators too much rather than like support and resistance, right? So I play opening range breakouts, stuff like that. Nothing too crazy. Today I played, I did play Snapchat today because someone told me that some fun was getting squeezed. 
And I started holding at like 35, 36 level. I'm looking at it. I'm like, ooh, this looks juicy. So still have those left over. I have Mara too because we got the weekly breakout in Bitcoin. But yeah, I play it all. Uh, I started in options and then the more Discord. I was trading options in college because I took like, it's called investing in my college. And it's basically options 101. And then uh, I used to only do like Theta Gang strategies, right? Like selling covered calls, that kind of stuff. And then I flipped the other way and became a full degen. So here we are. I got a new setup this week. Did you see that, Alice? I saw. That looks clean. It's badass. Yeah. Um, Shark Trader helped me um, walk me through all of that. But now I have Ripster's Clouds and a Whole Wave in, on the same chart, which is what I'm using. And I lo- it's, like, so much better. Because I was doing um, 9, 20, 50, 100. Yep. And it was just like too much. And now there's like one line and the clouds. And I've never, like, I traded better this week than I've ever traded. So simple. I'm liking it. Awesome. That's not bad. Sometimes a little change of scenery does a whole lot. Like, I actually redid my setup about two weeks ago. Um, I saw I used Weeble to trade, and it was like really, really messy looking. Like, <laughs> I like charts like crooked. Like, it just, it looks sloppy. So, this, so I fixed it today so now it's everything's even clean across the board i have my hot keys ready but sometimes a little change of scenery you know i like a rsi a lot too do you guys use rsi Big we definitely use RSI. yeah i like rsi really i like it yeah, rsi yeah. macd really oh, man. sometimes if i'm like thinking i'm gonna take a trade but it's like getting toward over sold over over bought, overbought. overbought there you go either one i'm like it sometimes i'll be like and it can really save me. I would, I just like to like to give it a little check. Yeah, I always um the only thing I use the RSI for is divergences. Right. Yeah. I look at RSI for yeah. below and under the thresholds, like like what you said, Blaine, for overbought and oversold levels. It's the only thing I really pay attention to when it comes. To- yeah. I realize doing that, um, a lot of equities can be overbought or oversold for a very long period. That's a of time. really good point. Yeah. 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 Things can go much, much higher than you expected and much, 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 much lower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, final question. Do you guys long-term invest? Do you guys have a little portfolio? Do you take your trading profits and put it in there? Or are you fully actively managing your portfolio at all times? Me? Personally? personally? Go ahead. Um, yeah. uh, I have my Roth, which I opened a year ago. And then... Thank congratulations. you. Yep, and congratulations. And then I have my long-term pour in my TD Ameritrade. And then I have a thinkorswim for uh, Ellis, I think, uh, degenning. Is that is that what we call it? Uh, I, I call it degenning, but I think it's because most people when they hear options think we're degens. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I have really, really specific risk-reward criteria. Like, I don't risk certain amounts. Like, I'm... I'm kind of weird when but it comes yeah, to it. But yeah, that's that's what I got. And then I got some crypto on the side as well. Can't forget about that. Absolutely. Cool. Can't forget the crypto bag. <laughs> Logan, I don't think that I actually fully answered the trading question. I also am I like just a day trader. Okay. I'm trading options only day trading. I do I have like a tiny swing account where occasionally I'll put some swings in, but like my my main account, I'm real strict on closing out. You're all cash every night? Well, I, I don't understand why in this market you would hold something over. Like, I just don't understand. And then with the options, 
it scares me because you can't trade in after hours. So like, what if you're, what? I, it's just, <laughs> I, no. Cash. <laughs> On a know what I have, four o'clock. <laughs> That's respectful. I mean, I, I swing. I definitely swing options. So. I don't. Well, perhaps that's for, you know, more experience later down the line, but I don't, I don't want to feel antsy. I don't want to be checking my phone at seven o'clock. Like, Oh, where are we? Mm-mm. I, four o'clock is time for the podcast. My kids dinner. I'm off. You're not really living the trader life though. You ever wake up at 4am and see your penny stock go 500%? No, no, I just <laughs> cut it off at four and then I don't open but boy, it. Do you know what that feels like? 945. It's the P you ever wake up at four o'clock in the morning? And go, wow. I just made my yearly salary at 4am. People no, are still sleeping. I don't know what that's like. I don't want to know. Like, no. That's true. Yeah. Once you get one taste of it, it's all over. That, that's yeah. really how people I felt on a Facebook push this week. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> my, um, my favorite trading thing, as you know, is uh, opening halt up, being stuck in a penny stock opening halt up. That's my like all time like best feeling that can happen in trading. But I'm off that now in the options. So you can get hey Snapchat might halt up on Monday. Telling you, I, I had a dream last night. I took a bunch of melatonin gummies. That's sure. what I thought of in my dreams. <laughs> now, what about you, Logan? Are you swing? Or were you just strictly? Whatever your PL is at the end of the day, you just call it a day. Yeah, I do swing some of my contracts. Um, and then also okay. for the long-term investing question, I, I am a, a little bit embarrassed. I should be a little bit um, better with my longer-term investing, but I only have one long-term account right now. And then I have okay. my crypto account and my options account and my Forex account as well. Are you going to buy the dip, though, on the, on the market once we start bottom for the long term? As soon as my waves tell me that – we are primed to move higher. I will absolutely be acquiring some contracts to swing. Yeah. I respect it. Now, do you use uh, Elliott Wave and Forex too? I do, but I actually prefer using my mechanical trading system in Forex. So okay. completely based on indicators. And in that one, it's much more just day trading exclusively. I'm not swinging anything in the Forex market. Do people swing in Forex? Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be terrifying because that's 24 hours. Right. So if you really want to wake up, that's the worst because you can still execute your trades. So you can wake <laughs> up in the middle of the night and try to close your trade instead of just looking at it. It's like, oh, no, dude, I went all in on Turkey, man. The president screwed me again. <laughs> <laughs> now, you also do crypto. Uh, what are your favorite crypto holdings right now uh, before we wrap up? Yeah. Like, what are some What are some hidden gems, right? We all know <laughs> Ethereum's the, the, the GOAT, right? Yeah. Now, what are the hidden gems you have right now? Um. So – I'm sure you're familiar with the term maximalist, right? Yep. We try to describe ourselves in OBR as utility maximalists. So okay. we, um, I really like Ethereum. I really like – there's a, sm a smaller altcoin called Nano. We're all really, really big bulls on Nano. Um, I do make a lot of YouTube videos about Nano. I think that it's a really great project. It's um, instant and fee-less transactions. Um, Interesting. Yes, yeah, so that, that was a really good one. Um, Veet is another really good one. I really like Synthetics. Synthetics brings derivatives onto the blockchain, and I, you know, the derivatives market is estimated one point two quadrillion dollars. It's by far the yeah, largest derivatives are market. huge. So, um, V Chain is another great one, tapping into supply chain management. Is that a supply chain management crypto nowadays? Yeah, it, they have like this. It's radio frequency identification numbers that you can literally track a bottle of wine, for example, from the grape it was picked all the way to the time it hits your front door. It's wild. It's Blows my mind. 
Wow. Okay. That's very cool. Yeah. It's interesting. I was reading a lot of uh, news articles about like uh, like I used to work for a manufacturing company, and they just implemented the blockchain, and people were like going crazy about it. I'm sitting there like I'm a young guy, I know what blockchain <laughs> is, and like I'm trying to explain it to uh, my coworkers, and they're like, "Why are you so excited about this?" I'm like, "You just don't get it." <laughs> it's the adoption. It's so it's, it's really interesting to see the world start to ad- adopt into these things. Um, Sony is even partnered with VeChain now, so it's it's really interesting to see these larger companies come into the space. I think they're starting to see like, hey, and also blockchain provides so much transparency yeah. across the board of everything, Absolutely. right? That's the whole thing with NFTs, right? It's like you can actually prove you own it. It's like, it's I'm not buying uh, Japanese uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards and selling them on eBay, ripping people off anymore. So. Right. Uh, do you guys, any of you guys play Yu-Gi-Oh when oh, you were kids? Yeah. Not I. Hell yeah. Hell Let's yeah, go, Ben. Yeah, big Yu-Gi-Oh Dragon guy. was, uh, was uh, my best yep, card, yep. literally. I think I, I actually was looking, dude, I literally looked that up the other day because I saw something like that. Sold for like three thousand dollars, and I'm scouring my house looking for this card. <laughs> Mom, where, where are, are my Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, man? Come on, I'm trying to get a bag. Where like... are the Pokemon cards too? <laughs> That's awesome. That's all I have for me. But you guys are really great. Very well done. Uh, you guys are super yeah. professional. Uh, we definitely got to check out great. OBR. You guys are sure. the future of finance. I'm a little bit older. I'm 25, but seeing some young bucks come in here and and make it professional. <laughs> and clean and actually have respect for people it's good to see i didn't sense any ego you know you get a lot of traders in here with huge egos but you guys are real authentic you get my stamp of approval and my friends are fans so hey there you awesome. go awesome <laughs> and alice by the way you are still a young buck as well my friend and yeah. i feel yeah. old man i got low back Sounds pain you know? Logan. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh yeah oh Alice, we got a new um, we got a new CBD sponsor. You gotta oh you gotta CBD sponsor. Oh, lower. we get buzzed up. Let's go. Can you send me a box? And I'll try them out. <laughs> I mean, let me. I j- I'm getting a sample box shipped to me. You want one? Yeah, you want to send? Man, me we one? need a CBD sponsor. Yeah, yeah come on. We everyone needs a CBD. <laughs> <laughs> really, you got a you CBD sponsor? Cool. Of I'm not much in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you Do gotta ask the board. It? Yeah, be like, "Hey guys, can we get a CBD oh, sponsor?" It was like super magical. Yeah. I put on Twitter like, "I really want a CBD sponsor because I have lower back pain." And the Wolf of Weed Street just wrote to like he was just like to a company. He was just like, "I demand you sponsor them," and they did. <laughs> Let's go. That's awesome. It was really cool. So anyway, I'll get you a box. I'm down. I'll <laughs> get my mom for Christmas. We're her birthday. So not to go on a tangent, but the, the CBD companies like, how did you get into CBD? And I was like, my mom got me in. My back <laughs> was hurting. My mom was like, you got to go to the, the vitamins or us or whatever and get you the CBD. And now I'm, I'm just, I'm big fan, but yeah, my mom got me in. There you go. I just want to get buzzed All right, up. guys, this was, <laughs> This was lovely. I wish you guys nothing but success. I hope you'll come back and give us a, a progress update. And I can't wait to go check out all your social medias and just definitely. be amazed. Thanks so much for Yeah, that. thank you so much for having us. Cool. Thank this you. is definitely one of our, I love going out and, and kind of talking and because, you know, people see all the stuff on the surface, but once once they really hear everything that goes into it, I think it definitely brings a bigger picture to all of this. So yeah, thank you for having us on. Absolutely. All right, guys, time to talk about last bottle wine. 
I went on the website today and read the description for the bottle of the day. And I just, I had to read it to you. It's so good. Their marketing team just does such a good job. The bottles are so discounted. It's so easy to buy them. The app is fine. I mean, if we're not all on it, I don't even know what to tell you. It's cool. All right, here's the description. When was the last time you drove off the edge of the Grand Canyon only to land in a valley full of currants, blueberry, mulberry, boysenberry, snozenberry, and cloudberries? It's a dream, of course, but that's why we thought about this on tasting this 97-point bottle of Italian dream magic. Killer stuff. Killer price. Warm and soul-satisfying. Please, please, someone order a sausage and mushroom pizza right now. Buy the wine. Use the app. It's all fun. It's all good. Thanks, Penny Lane Potties. Thank you so much to our producer, Joel Edwards, and Chesley Lowe for the banjo music. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane Podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane Podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Penny Lane Podcast. The Penny Lane Podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third party materials or on third party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein.